So yeah, this is part two of my conversation with comedian and podcast host Aaron Hood. If you like what, I mean, if you haven't heard part one yet, go down and click on that and then come back and listen to this. version of the Will Ferrell and John Apatow kind of filmmaking in that say everything that's on your mind and we'll try and keep it in like even not even if it's not in the script ad lib as much as you want or we'll try and keep everything in even if it's unfunny and I think that's what he let her do and that's really let her down in this film just say as much random stuff as you want mm. like even if yeah even. Lines, like the Google and mm. it's like phantom pains but they're real that mm. it just it's not funny. It just is a bit cringe and doesn't make sense. Mm. And there's, I think, probably the most uncomfortable bits were when they got a bit kind of creepily incestuous with the uh, Deanna and the daughter. Like, See, that um, may... Uh, with the daughter? Oh, with the daughter, yeah. That's, that was a bit weird. Yeah, like when she's talking about how good her mom's tits look. Or like yeah. the initiation, she has to spank her with a giant paddle. Mm. Just really really especially since they're going for kind of like a feel-good sort of wholesome kind of fun revenge empowerment vibe mm. to have some kind of like grim sort of porn incest porn thing is a bit it makes it's very uncomfortable because it goes against the rest of the tone of the movie mm. <laughs> I, i've got to say though like, there were moments where I did laugh in this. I can remember once when I laughed. Oh, when was it? Tell us. Actually, twice. Um, once was at the dinner where they revealed, because I predicted two things when I, within the first five minutes of the movie. One, that there, there would be some, some kind of makeover scene, like yeah. on the mum. It's a female movie, of course. It's going to be a, make, a makeover scene. Exactly. And two, there's going to be some kind of revenge on the mm-hmm. husband. Like some sort of proper... And, and she did it twice, the two revenges, but the one that I laughed at, not because of the reveal that, oh, she's banging his new wife's uh, fiancé's son, mm-hmm. but how there was that guy who was very obnoxious and abrasively unfunny uh, uh, and dense was at the dinner and when they were yelling at him like I hate you that, that entertained me um, I laughed pretty much every time Maya Rudolph was on the screen who uh-huh. plays her best who plays her best friend and she for me is the saviour of pretty much every terrible movie that she's in like I think every movie that she's in even if the rest of it's terrible like say like say the Emoji movie right terrible film absolutely horrific and borderline evil right however when she comes on as the voice as the evil person in that movie it's funny and it's okay and bearable and it's the same in this film she's like the consistent beacon of light and she was not in it enough for my money yeah i disagree with you in that i thought she started off quite poorly and mm-hmm. the last few scenes she was in she was entertaining to me 
like when she banged Frank in the frat house and yeah. the way she was with Frank, that entertained me. The way she was at dinner, that was fine. Mm. But I just thought they had all of every character deliver everything really, really flatly and take any sort of edge or energy or personality out of it. And mm. It just, I think it really hamstrung even really de- the really decent, well-known actors in this. Yeah, I, yeah, I, well, that just comes down to Ben Falco not being able to direct his way out of a paper bag. No, I have, I was not familiar with his, uh, work mm. and I saw that he was her husband and then I understood a lot yeah. of it. Uh, but, um, I, what else has he directed? He's, uh, the only two other films that he's directed are Tammy and The Boss. And guess who they star? Melissa McCarthy? Yep. I've heard of Tammy. I've, I've not heard of The Boss. From what I've heard about the other two, this is an improvement over both of them. Wow. Yeah. That, that's saying something. So, he, they're on, so they're on the right, they're on the road to making a good film but they are nowhere near there yet. No. Give him about three to five more films and then shall we check in with him again? Yeah. uh, Well, I don't think I'm going to be checking around. I'm not going to be sticking around for much longer with this this comedy duo because um, the next one they've got coming up is um, a science fiction comedy where where an Alexa-type robot takes over Melissa McCarthy's house and tries to take over the world and she's got to stop it. That that sounds awful. Yep. And even though I quite like the guy, um, the robot is voiced by James Corden. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, that's all I have to say about James Corden. Uh, I, I mean, I get why people don't like him, but I can't get myself to that level where people where I can't I, I like the guy I can't help it it's fine <laughs> I just had a in real life hmm but yeah man um, I've got uh, I've got a few more things to say about this um, the Debbie Ryan who plays the mean girl in this movie yeah like the almost comically mean bitch yeah like really horrible to her mm. and most other people for yeah. no reason. Like. For no reason. Like, literally, the first time that Melissa McCarthy meets her, right, she's actually trying to help Debbie, the Debbie Ryan character out because she's trying to hand her the pencil that she dropped. And she's just been a bitch to her for no reason. Yeah. Like, mm. like it, it felt like that they're at university, but they've cast it as if it's like a, like, mean girl sort of thing. Yeah. And girl. that's the problem, right? If you're going to do this character, right? I don't have a problem with the Mean Girl character. All you need to do was copy Rachel McAdams in Mean Girls. And she couldn't even do that properly. No, she just... She's just a bitch. Mm. And she's in there to be a bitch. Yeah. And for the fight scene. And that's and, right. Yeah, and that was another issue. She didn't get the comeuppance that, she, that the Mean Girl always needs. Yeah, she, they were just sort of okay with her because of what happened later in the movie. Yeah. Like, they 
through that. Shall I? Can I spot decent spoilers? Mate, no, if you if you haven't seen this movie already, you're not going to watch it. So spoil away. Yeah. Well, for some reason, uh, her husband got to just sell the house and divorce her without giving her half the proceeds of the house, without mm. consulting her, without paying her, you know, a settlement. To, to, uh, be, fair, he did say, to be fair, the house was in his name. Yeah, but that's not legal. Uh, that, that's not legal. She in movie land is legal, Aaron. We're not in, we're not in, we're not in the real yeah, world. This is... They didn't have to pay her alimony or she didn't have some own money from the sale of the house or something like that. Because mm. um, they have that whole scene where they have the argument at the settlement. Which yeah. I think is one of the worst scenes in the movie. It's just a lot of yelling and random loudness instead of a punchline. And just, mm. again, a woman just being a comic comically cunty to Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, again, but again, like, I like that. Uh, that's Judy Bowen who plays his new, his new fiance, and I like her in right. everything she's else really she's in. Good. But again, needs direction. Yeah. I just, I didn't like it, and, um, what, what, and then apparently he's paying for her to go to college, mm. and then she does this the typical scene, oh, party, I love these brownies. Oh, they're not just chocolate brownies, they're weed brownies. And they get yeah. hard And they've got really cunty stuff on their, in the reception. Yeah. And so she sees that and just smashes the place up. Mm. And then another thing happens, multi-pronged I don't get, that her daughter is at the wedding, despite her, yep. apparently seeming to barely have a relationship with her dad, really sympathising and supporting her mum through it. And then she'd still go to the wedding and support it, despite how horrible this Marcy was being to her mother. Yeah. And um, seeing all that stuff slagging off her mum at, at the reception, and she was just there like it wasn't a big deal, and then gets disappointed that her mum for smashing the place up mm. and um, all of that. And it just seems like the daughter doesn't have a personality or character of her own. Like at all, she doesn't do anything. She's no, an asexual she's, being. She's, she's given you nothing to work with, man. That's... Absolutely nothing, no. And then they fall out, and it's very clear that they haven't been talking for a while. And it takes her all of about twenty seconds to just from being really mad at her to just forgiving her and having this emotional heart to heart. It doesn't that 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 quickness. It just completely diminishes any emotional significance they're going with throughout the well, film. Yeah. I didn't have that much of a problem with that scene because in the very beginning when they established the fact that the mum was going to, that Melissa McCarthy was going to be joining the college, they kind of established that the door was a bit of a wet blanket anyway because she started off a little bit, uh, like, um, a little bit against it, but then like 20 seconds later, she was completely fine with her mum being there with her friends. Yeah, she just, she just is such a nothing burger. She just does nothing, says num- nothing. And really, like, she's only there for the whole kind of, like, oh, her mum's going to college. It's an excuse for, an added excuse for her mum to go back to college and to have that, oh, oh let's see, you, you know, mum interact awkwardly with daughter. I've hmm. all these scenes where they're talking about, she's talking about a minge, Getting yeah, the sex stuff and um, talking about her breastfeeding when she shat herself and all this sort of <laughs> stuff. 
Uh, and you know they they only have her there to have the cringe mother. She's a vehicle for um for Melissa McCarthy, like most characters are mm. in the movie. It's all obviously centered around Melissa McCarthy, obvious, obviously, but most uh, a lot of characters don't have any character or personality because of this. They've only really bothered to fully flesh out, and even then, not fully flesh out Melissa McCarthy. Mm. Um, let's talk about. The weird roommate for a second. Lenore. Lenore, yeah. Um, she was, I, again, a very, very nothing character, but I almost completely guessed the twist, the twist, and the, the twist in inverted commas in the movie well, about 10 minutes before. Lenore. Lenore, yeah. So Lenore, where she. She's this character who doesn't leave the room and is really, really um, emo to the extreme. Emo to the extreme, like where you'd look to, where you'd actually look to get. Um, if you knew this, if you actually met this person, you'd probably look to get some sort of mental health help for her because what she is like is clearly She's clearly a severe agoraphobe and depressive. Yeah, exactly. So I don't understand why Melissa McCarthy or anyone didn't check up on this girl and get some help and get some help for her. But anyway, they have there. There's a bit at the end where she does leave the house and goes to a party with them, right? And the party is to help Melissa McCarthy raise money to keep her in college. And the way they do that is by saying that Christina Aguilera, who just happens to have a concert. Next, well, in in town, will be appearing there at, for an after party, and a bit of fraud. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, fraud exactly. And so, as so, when it when it when it yeah, when they make it seem like Christina Aguilera is not going to turn up, the girl just randomly appears out of nowhere, gets Melissa McCarthy to walk to come outside, and guess who's there? Christina it's Aguilera. And, it's and you, know, you know, a film hit a low point when you have. Christina Aguilera. Yeah. Because <laughs> it, means, it means the film's nearly over. Yeah, yeah. And the big reveal in inverted commas was that she turns out to be the lonely, depressed girl's cousin. I mean, how lazy can you get? Yeah. And that magically fixes all the problems, gets rid of all, of, of all the tension. And mm. at one point, her parents come to the party to double yeah. up and um, two things happen. One is they give her the money to stay in school, mm. which you think, I don't know why her first port of call wasn't to ask her parents for some money, because they're clearly well off. Yeah, I can, but, because I can kind of understand why she didn't do that, because it's, it's a pride thing, end of the day. It's a pride thing. Yeah, but she, she needs her daughter and her sorority mates to function. Mm. So it, it's not exactly really established her as really independent. Like, yeah. Like, and it, and it also she's not really doing things for herself as she's still doing a lot of like emotional labour. She's gone from doting over her family and her daughter to having loads of surrogate daughters in the sorority. Mm. She becomes kind of the den mother and the agony aunt. And yeah. She's she'll, she's, a lot of her character is still defined about by what she does for Pete others rather than what she does for herself. Yeah. So the she's only, the real difference is she's let her hair down literally. Literally, as per the makeup scene and the makeover scene. Yeah. Also, the other issue is 
her dad threatens this boy with this young man with a gun. And I account, you know, so the rap sheet for this movie is uh, three assaults, two threats of murder, one near dog homicide, and felony fraud. Yep. Basically. Well, felony fraud. Yeah. Basically, everyone in this movie deserves to be locked up. Pretty much. Probably because they're most because they're all white, probably suspended said. Yeah. Well, not all of them are white. There's one black guy on a sorority who gets about two lines, and then there's Debbie Ryan's henchman who gets like the old oh yeah, get him girl kind of lines. Word. Word. Yeah. Um uh, I, like, I, I, I really I'm really hoping you don't look through the movie notes and her name is something like Shaniqua. No. Oh. Um, I dread to think. Um, another real disappointment for me, man, was when they have Chris Parnell in a movie and they don't give him anything to do. They don't. They, they, they do nothing with him. He's not really given much lines apart from mild emotional support. I did initially think she's going to start. Part of the thing is she's going to have a fun fling with the toy boy, but then she's eventually going to end up in an age-appropriate relationship with the professor. I thought that she was going to have a fling with Chris Parnell as her, prof- as her professor, but then that would mean, that would mean a much smarter, cliched movie. Yeah. But, and it would have made more sense that the whole thing, like, they wanted the shock thing of, oh, you, fuck, you fucked her son. Mm. Um, oh, he's a lot... They like, fucked in a library and called afterwards, and he's a lot younger. Yeah, so I think that's why they did that bit to make it a bit more salacious. But she, like, there's the bit right where, well, just before they shag in the library, where he, where she looks at all the texts that he's been sending her after the one night stand that they had, and she's visibly repulsed. But then ten seconds later, she hops back into bed with him. Yeah, she just bangs him after clearly being like, "Oh, this guy's too needy. He's mm. too young. He's a cringe lord." You're just going backpacking in Europe. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's a movie where the characters are just not defined well at all. Yeah, Hmm. nothing's really defined. There's kind of mixed messages of like your glory days, of midlife crisis, of. Like revenge, of yeah, some female empowerment kind of thrown in there, but of course there is. But then there's like the makeover scene, and it's really kind of uh, stereotypical of like, oh, the fit girl who doesn't know that she's fit, and yeah. you know, one of them being a bit weird but coming out of their shell, and one of them being a bit awkward but coming out of her shell, mm. and Just- her daughter doing nothing. Of- of no, apart from be there, sort of mildly embarrassed at her mum. Do you know what this movie made me do? It made me wish and long for the subtle humour of Van Wilder, Pie Liaison. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> all, the, all, the, all the tasteful humour of American Pie Naked Wild. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, man, do you know what? I'm, I'm done talking about this film, I'll be honest with you. So... Um, I've got three rating systems for the films, right? Um, put it in the bin if you thought it was terrible. Stream it if you thought it was okay. Pay full price if you thought it was really good. What would you give it? Bin. Straight away in the bin. <laughs> <laughs>
take like a, I take the, the fucking DVD out, smash it, and then like take a shit in the case and just smash it and then put it. <laughs> but, um, I'm like, gonna say definitely put it in the bin, but not lower than some of the other films I've watched purely because I laughed when Maya Rudolph was on the screen. Yeah, you can't say it's a total dud if you technically weren't used. Mm. The line about her being the cheesemonger, uh, him being a cheesemonger and her being a peasant girl, yeah. that, that amused me. Yeah. But uh, it, it's, too, it's too bang average to be, or mediocre to be truly terrible. What yeah. would you say in this series is the worst film you've seen, though? Um, the worst film I've seen whilst doing this, um, I'd probably say the one of the Doctor, one of the Eddie Murphy Doctor Doodle directed DVD sequels. Any one of them? Oh no! So, because I've watched all five Eddie Murphy Doctor Doodle movies, and the last and three, four, and five, three, four, and five. They all went to direct to DVD and they didn't star Eddie Murphy, they starred his daughter. That sounds horrific. It's, it's just as horrific as it sounds. Just as horrific. Actually, wait, no, that's a lie. The worst film I think I've seen since doing this is Ace Ventura Pet Detective Jr., where his oh, son wow. ta- yeah. where his son takes awful. over. Oh, it's that's so awful. It is. <laughs> For like a good Eddie Murphy movie, have you seen I Am Dolomite? I've not seen I Am Dolomite. Uh, my name is Dolomite, but I it's on my list of things to watch during lockdown. Yeah, give that one a go. Yeah. And I would avoid um, the Pet Detective Junior. Perhaps yeah. Also, I've got a recommendation for you to uh, review someone else. Review right. something. <laughs> review something called The Hottie and the Naughty. Oh, I have stayed well away from anything well most things to do with Paris Hilton since that film came out and it's one of those films where I I look at it and think I should watch it just to see how bad it really is and how reprehensible and Nazi like it I've heard it is but I I don't hate myself that much at this point to sit down and watch it I mean I I might but uh, it just comes across as too Eugenics are good, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. That makes any sense. Yeah, it's 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 the drizzling cheers. <laughs> All right, man. Um, to wrap this up, uh, where can people find you in these times? Uh, they can find me at Aaron Hood Comedy on Facebook. They can find me at Aaron Hood Comedy on Twitter. Mm-hmm. They can find me on Instagram as the Old Ball. Mm-hmm. You can find my, and you can also find my podcast and sketches on. Aaron What's your podcast called? The Hoodcast. The Hoodcast. Okay, cool. All right, Aaron, it's been good chatting to you, man. Yeah, great chatting to you too, man. Um, thanks for having me. No worries, man. See you soon. All right. 